Welcome everybody to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host Donovan Beery. And we, thankfully, the Omaha Federation of Advertising has their big Meet the Pros event and has brought in Amy Schwartz. I, yeah. Okay, I forgot. Just making sure I got even know what your name is. Any yeah. of them, right? <laughs> From Cards Against Humanity, and and once again we bring back Cody Fenske to help. Now, Cody's a, Cody's actual job on this show, and he doesn't know this, is to just inappropriately say things that would be on these cards. That, okay. that Cards Against Humanity. So just anything that you think would the Cards Against Humanity card would say, I think you just okay, randomly pull it out. The black cards or the white cards? I so. could pull up some of the files. You could just read them. Mm. Just randomly. If you, if you think we're going stale, if, if, if you know something's not going right, just randomly blurt out. The blurt biggest flag stick. There you go. See, he's already got it. Yeah. He leads off. He leads off from the top too. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I know any more than that. Is a thing. That's okay. I, got, I know I, them all. Now that mm -hmm. card was actually buried inside of a box. Yes, it was inside the lid of the bigger blacker box, which is just <laughs> a carrying case. Okay. We have a new bigger blacker box now, though. And does that one have a black card that says bigger blacker dick? I can't let you know. if There might not be anything inside. There's only one way to find out. So you have created a product. I mean, you're, you're the design director? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay. You've created a product that makes people want to tear apart your box, thus making them buy a second one. Yeah. This is, this is <laughs> smart. Marketing genius. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So how long, Amy, how long have you been at Cards Against Humanity? And how, big is, how big is the team? So I've been at Cards Against Humanity for two years now. The company started in 2011 as a Kickstarter project that rapidly became accidentally a company. It just got bigger and bigger. So I wasn't one of the founding members. It's not my company, but I happily work there and feel like it's my own. Right now, we probably have around 30 employees across our two companies, Cards Against Humanity and Black Box. And, and what, is, what, is, what is the Black Box company? Black Box is essentially like shipping and logistics. We got really good at shipping boxes all around the world and storing them in warehouses and figuring out all the gross parts of logistics. And that's the hardest part for people who are kickstarting projects and then fulfilling them. We figured we can share our knowledge with people, help support projects and creators that we're excited about, and have a backup plan for when people realize our dick jokes aren't funny anymore. <laughs> oh, okay, and, and, and so in this case, if you're helping other companies try to take you over, basically, in a way. Uh, yes. Cut down to the market? Mm-hmm. Okay. But their ideas are better, so, you know, let them win. Do you get to work with design with them, too, or just with the... Um, so the only like design collaboration there is for their shipping boxes and things, but my role for Black Box is leading the product team. So not only just the design of the digital products that we use, like the dashboard that clients use to manage their products and their point of sale experiences, but I also help set some of the vision and help drive the product along. Yeah, and I've, and I've noticed you guys are now selling in Target and yeah. other stores. Sold out big time. We're in Target now. Oh, was it never in Target? Was it like only in boutique stores before? Yeah, so... Um, well, it was only originally mail. And, and, oh, is that what and it was? technically, can't you download like the original? You can just download it and make your own copy? So we have a retail program with about 100 stores worldwide. And they're like smaller mom and pop stores and places that we're excited about, like Strand Books and Powell's, local game stores, like... Pastimes in Niles, Illinois, where I buy my comics. Shout out to them. They're All the right. best. Um, and then we started to sell in Target. And yes, we do have it online. Um, it's just a PDF of the main game. And the idea is that people can play it, figure out if they like it. It's not as great of an experience because there are smaller cards. And obviously with like ones you print off at home if you spill beer on it. Because let's be real, you're going to be drinking when you're playing the game. <laughs> and you can't really shuffle them. No. So it's worth the... Actually, I, I can't really shuffle cards anyway, so it's it's probably the exact same for me. But yeah, you know, so every time that I have played cards against me, alcohol has been involved, like without a doubt. 
but you know, I was kind of thinking it almost be more fun to play it like stone cold sober with like your grandma, and just like see what would happen. You know, my like, mother in law played with uh, the rabbi at the temple she works at. Oh, definitely sober. It did not go over well. Oh, it didn't go over well at all. No. no. Um, <laughs> But I did play with my um, mom and my stepdad right after my mom remarried. There was a little bit of drinking, but not a lot. But sure. it was a really good bonding experience. I've heard that playing with grandparents is fun. Yeah, because we were kind of talking about that the other day. But it's like, I it's just because you get to see like their dirty side or like just how racist they might be. You know, you never really know until like you see them lay down that black card that you didn't see coming. It's interesting. So, Amy, what what's your favorite card? Like, do you, oh. have, you, have you actually got input on the cards, or is it, like, the other people there? Like, so, we have the writer's room full of comedians, and they write the cards, and then we, like, viciously, vigory, vigorous, vigorously, you'll edit that. We viciously sure, and vigorously. Sure. I don't think you realize how little we edit this show. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, we have a writer's room, and they play test and write these cards. So, really only the best ones make it to the top. I am not a comedian. I can tell jokes visually, but I don't have the same way with words. So well, I, I didn't know after out of all those cards like maybe you snuck one in like did you get a right one you did say there's that one there's one that is in the 90s pack that i help with but out of like all the cards that's my favorite card it changes for a while my favorite card was in the food pack and it's uh soup that's better than pussy okay my current favorite one is a card in the new green box expansion which i think is the funniest expansion pack we've ever made it's 300 cards and it's all written by the new writers They've, like, breathed new life into the company and will exist for at least another week. We won't go bankrupt because <laughs> their jokes are so good. Favorite joke from that is pretending to be one of the guys but actually being the spider god. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so bizarre, and I feel like there's a great narrative arc. And I typically <laughs> like the jokes that are just more, like, absurd and aren't as vulgar. Although any of the vulgar cards, anything that, like, mentions... Pussy is usually my favorite. There's another one that's just munching puss, and I don't know why it's just, <laughs> just that phrasing of it's good. So, yeah, you know, some equality. It's not all dick jokes. We also have puss jokes. Oh, there you go. Now, now, as a designer on these, like, it's it's just copy on card. Do you ever think, like, are you kind of trapped in a certain thing? I don't or? do any of that, no. that's We just send a spreadsheet, and it's systematic. Oh, cool. um, so my job is all of the marketing and packaging and things that aren't just, like, templatized yet. Sure. So we do big expansions like the Green Box, which is new, um, and that follows more of, like, the traditional Cards Against Humanity brand. It's black with the logo. There's, like, the pop of green color, and there was some design about what that system would be. But our foil packs are really exciting, um, and for those, they have themes like the sci-fi pack, the 90s pack, the Jew pack, which was all of our cards from the holiday promotion we did last year. And those, we have a lot more creative freedom because the brand of Cards Against Humanity isn't just, you know, the visual black and white Helvetica brand, but it's humor and it's comedy. And that allows us to stretch the visual branding to whatever makes the joke land. So for those foil packs, we hire a lot of freelancers to work on those. So like the Geek Pack was illustrated by Jessica Paoli, and we had her design something that like kind of made fun of like Redditor guys <laughs> with like a sure. little nerdy <laughs> sword bearing man. It almost, it almost designs itself at that point. Essentially. Um, that's really good. Um, the Jupac one, we are we were bad at planning, and we had like an hour to make the wrapper before it went to print. So I just nice. like hastily drew icons of um, Jewish things, like 
and I'm Jewish myself, so I drew what I know. Um, I drew like a shofar, which is the horn that you blow on the high holidays, and a bagel, um, and a stethoscope, and an Academy Award, and just traditional Jewish things. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. That's... I'm looking for bagels now. <laughs> I'm always down for bagels. What's the Omaha bagel scene like? Oh, there's a couple bagels in town, you know. There's a, what's that place right up the road, 40th and Dodge? It's um, Brugger's, right? Yeah, but that's a chain. I don't... I yeah, don't... but at least you know what you're getting, you know? Yeah, I've had Brugger's before, so like, no surprises there. I can't be disappointed, but mm -hmm. I also can't be excited. But is there like a... It's kind of like I can tell small... you where the Panera Bread is, too. Right? Yeah. It'd be the same thing. But exactly. what's, what's Omaha's bagel store, I think is the real question. I mean, we got a lot, a lot of good bakeries, but, you know, I don't know if I order bagels from them. I, I did buy bagels last week, but it was from a day-old bread store, you know, in, in Lincoln. Like did you regret it? No, no, my daughter ate almost all blueberry bagels. You know? <laughs> I we, love a good bagel. We ate them all before they went bad. That, I couldn't even regret that. Hmm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend them. Like, if I'm sending someone, I wouldn't say, hey, go to the day-old bread store. You'll love these bagels. <laughs> so we don't have a bagel store. No. So if you're listening, enterprising young Jews <laughs> open a bagel deli in Omaha. Yeah, so we're in Chicago. Where's your bagel place? So we are actually, my husband and I are moving to Lincolnwood, which is a suburb, technically. it's Our house is three blocks north of the Chicago border, and it is a two-block walking distance to New York Bagel and Bialy in Lincolnwood. Best bagels around. Okay. My go-to there, going to sound a little wild, cinnamon raisin bagel, chive cream cheese. Shouldn't make sense. Mm. Sweet and savory. Really good. Big fan of the Cinray chai. Yeah, I don't want to even do the cream cheese. I just, I just... Toast and butter. Mm, I can see that. I'm a big fan of avocado on a bagel, too. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Because, you know, sometimes cream cheese can, like, wreak havoc on your body. <laughs> and just, like, avocado feels like taking care of yourself. Avocado, salt, pepper. Okay. Okay, we're going to be right back with Amy and Cody. So, I mean, what are you here talking to meet the pros? This, now, this is a student event, so they're Yemen's. <laughs> So they probably, they're probably, they're, they, is that your target audience, like when you do the Cards Against Panda, or is, you guys have a pretty wide age range, but I mean, what's the sweet spot there? I would say most of our fans tend to skew younger, although now that we um, are selling in places like Target, we're a little more mainstream, and we've found And that you have the old hag expansion pack or something, right? No. Okay. <laughs> That's not a thing. It should be. No. But maybe, I uh, was joking that our next Target display should be themed Moms Love Cards Against Humanity and have, um, like, photos of, like, the photos of, like, women laughing eating salad, but, like, photoshopping right. in well, like, Cards Against Humanity cards. I found moms really do love Cards Against Humanity, so we're, as we're figuring out the appeal, we're adding more cards to the game, like uh, a new card that I think is being added or is currently in playtesting, so... You didn't hear it from me, uh, is VH1 Divas Live, which Ooh. I think is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it yeah. appeals to a different age range than the, like, 18-year-old college sure. male. Cody doesn't even know what VH1 is. Oh, come on. Oh, man. VH1 has that new um, Snoop and Martha potluck dinner party show. Highly recommend it. Yeah, what a weird mashup. It somehow makes they, sense. It sounds like something from a Cards Against Humanity 2 for a card. Think, and it, it makes sense, and the vibe on the show was really good, and I feel like... <laughs> You know, Snoop Dogg obviously has built a like career for himself, and I think people have an idea of who he is. It's not really who he is. And it was really interesting to see like Martha Stewart at a table with Snoop Dogg and other rappers and realize that like the person who out of this table is the one who went to jail is not the person you would immediately <laughs> expect. And yeah. I feel like they're both... I think, I think Snoop's been to jail. 
Has he? he? I can't. He, he had that one back in the early '90s. He had an issue where he might have killed somebody or something. But prison, though, we talking prison? I don't jail? know. I, I think I think he went to trial, but I think he had to stay in jail okay. during the trial. Okay. But well, Martha then let's say. But I don't think he was convicted. Yeah. Per se. The person who's convicted know. and served hard time <laughs> is Martha fucking Stewart, and yeah. she's great. I have a lot of appreciation for Snoop Dogg. Rick Ross was a guest on the show, and he was like putting the moves on Martha while they were cooking together. It's yeah. really weird. Um, so that's... VH1's <laughs> getting good. VH1's getting good. Got off topic. Cards okay. against humanity. So actually, what, what, are you, what are you here speaking to the, to the youngins about? Um, yeah, so I, knowing that it was a student conference, adjusted my talk a little and, and bit. And Cody's on the committee, so you can badmouth it all you want. No, no, it was great. Um, <laughs> I switched it up to speak a little bit more about how to get a job in design and specifically all of the mistakes I see when I get applications because I get... Lots of applications for the internships and job postings I open up, and so many of them have like awful mistakes, and it upsets me. And as someone who's an educator and who cares about the community, I don't want to just like be pissed about it or laugh or like share it on Twitter and be like, look at how bad this is. I want to like tell people these mistakes they're making. I want to be helpful. So it's like your number one cringeworthy mistake that you see. Misspelling a name. Their own name. Uh, My name. I've heard that happen once. People either like sending me an email to Amy at Cards Against Humanity, sending it to like Dear Sir or Madam, like you know my email address. So first of right. all, wrong. Um, wrong. My husband has received emails addressed to Joshua. His name is Jason. It's like, well, you're obviously not going to work for him. Getting companies' right. games wrong, like Cards of Humanity, or they'll apply to his company and send it to Big Bright Great, not the company name. Just like people yeah. obviously not paying attention. That. Like, if you fuck up before I even open your attachments, you've really <laughs> fucked up. At least let me, like, nitpick your resume. I like to set the bar low. And then, and then you know, it's just, Nothing. you set that so low. Killers only, for my team. <laughs> Killers only. Killers only. A-squad for life. Yeah, so my talk included some of those big mistakes. Some of the, like, bigger guiding questions that I think are helpful to ask when you're early out. Because when I was a student... I felt like I didn't really know what I wanted to do in design, and I was terrified of the idea of like being a little undergrad baby and then being picked up by a big agency and like having that agency sense of identity beaten into me and just being like a cog in the machine and Mm -hmm. not knowing my identity separate from where I was working. And I don't think there's anything wrong with working at big places. I think that there are a lot of really, really good ones and places I admire, but I felt like I didn't know enough about who I was or what I was doing. I don't think that's necessarily a reflection of the places, but like the experiences that I was offered to discover myself. Uh, so I ran away to more school, which is the smart choice for someone not knowing where they should work to just get $100,000 more student debt. <laughs> yeah, um, why not? And during that time, it allowed me to like really think critically about the type of work I wanted to be making, things outside of just advertising. like product design and exploring more web design, what it is to be in-house. Like, I just never thought about in-house as a job. So part of my talk was to just sort of ask these probing questions that get people earlier in their career thinking about where they want to be working, what type of work they want to be doing, beyond just the first step of, like, doing design work. Because that's not really work. That's You've narrowed it down to, like, a very, very small pond. Like, pick your specialty like a lawyer or doctor would. Okay. And, and tech, I guess, yeah, you are technically in-house. You're an yeah. in-house designer. I, and I always tell people, like, in-house, don't don't discount it because this is probably as good of a... I mean, this is a better job than a lot of agency jobs up in Chicago. I think so. I don't think there's anywhere else in Chicago I'd ever want to work. So 
please continue buying cards against humanity because <laughs> once we if my job doesn't exist anymore i don't know what i'll do i'd be miserable anywhere else no 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 i mean they're doing a good job spending their money this year i think on black friday they, you guys dug a big hole did you get to go visit the hole i did not visit the hole other people on my team visited the hole so it was within distance of where you could go look at the hole because because i think it was pretty tight lipped about where this hole was yes because we didn't want people storming the hole for security reasons <laughs> there's also people who live near the hole and that would be like a really awful thanksgiving weekend for them to have like mobs of so people are you able to say now where the hole is or what um it was in illinois it was in illinois. um and I'm yeah so for, for those listeners cards in humanity on black friday when you make your biggest sales they just put all their money to something ridiculous mm -hmm. and in this case they just spent all the money digging a hole yeah we crowdfunded it so we um, bought land and we live streamed the holiday hole um so uh we rented a satellite truck to live stream we hired a video production crew we hired a construction crew and they just dug and filmed um and people crowdfunded the the, the thing you could add so as much money as you just, wanted and it would just extend the dig time the thing? they That's just insane cards paid for a lot of it still okay. um sunk a lot of money into that hole dumped a lot of money into a hole but like that goes about don't pay like there was like the whole bull crap bullshit box bull crap box what was it called uh yeah the uh bullshit promotion which was from two black fridays before that yeah, yeah and that money did go to charity right yes uh we okay. didn't make a lot of money off of it after like the cost of sure. like procuring the shit and producing the boxes and mailing <laughs> so i think it was about five or six thousand dollars and we donated it to high for international yeah you guys were literally mailing turds yeah literally <laughs> mailing shit and then everyone was mad at us saying like i didn't know i was buying this it's like well we said clearly on the website you were buying actual shit from a bowl. <laughs> no matter how honest we are, people think we're lying. Yeah, because you were saying something about the uh, the old farmer that you found that was happy to donate all their Yeah, it was actually shit. a woman named Amy. She's a rancher in Montana. and yeah. Supporting the local ranchers. I we bought that. it, yeah. Not a donation. We paid her good money oh, for that okay. bullshit. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and then and then, the, the next year, were you around when I think they just gave it to the staff? And Yeah, we sold nothing. It was the Give Cards Against Humanity $5 sale, and we sold nothing for the low, low price of $5. Real steal. <laughs> uh, we didn't even take people's mailing addresses, so like they knew like they weren't getting anything in return. They just knew that they were buying nothing. And uh, then the next day, you guys all listed, did you get to buy something? Did you get a chunk? Yes. Uh, we each got a chunk of that money. It ended up being about $4,000 per employee. Um, it didn't go to the founders or anyone who owns the company, but to the lowly little employees like myself. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's um, a good bonus. Yeah, interns too were a part of it, which was really great. Because we keep like hiring interns who are wildly talented and then they become super important and core to the company. And then we need to hire interns for our interns because we don't have anyone who could like open our mail <laughs> and do other <laughs> intern things. Um, so like our interns who we would die without, who all have full-time jobs at the company now, we're part of that. So I had an hour to spend my four thousand dollars. Oh, that was it. They, you just got an hour. We had an hour. Oh, oh, okay. So there wasn't like I'm gonna go home on the weekend. It's like oh, I gotta buy it now. You have to buy it now. Um, and I knew that that was what the promotion would be because being on the design team, I obviously had to like design sure. the assets and everything. For but the you launch. didn't know necessarily how much you're gonna get. No, and I thought it'd be like five dollars. I thought there's no way people are gonna right. give us a lot of money for this. It was seventy-one thousand dollars. Holy smokes! In one day. So what'd you nothing. buy? Um, I bought a winter coat from Columbia Sportswear. Highly recommend it. Greatest winter coat for these Midwest winters. I bought a PlayStation 4. Nice. I bought $200 worth of comics. I donated money to the Greater Chicago Food Depository to help fight hunger in our neighborhoods. I donated to the Wilderness Society because nature is our most precious resource and uh, I feel like I need to keep donating to them because I don't think 
our government is doing a great job these no, days yeah. uh, protecting our environment. I donated to the Bat Sanctuary and sponsored the donation of a bat named Lil Dracula. Sweet. Uh, I love because bats. Of, yeah. I love bats. And I paid off 1% of my student loan debt. Okay. And, and, and the best part is, is they listed what everybody spent their money on. Yeah, Alex bought like two tons of like okay. cat litter and she donated it to a treehouse animal shelter in Chicago. <laughs> Good. That way people were a little more accountable for their purchases. No, no. It actually, I think, made some of the purchases better because I, yeah, I remember reading through it. Well, I mean, some people bought ridiculous stuff. Yeah, like suits of armor. <laughs> yeah. And it's made it great because they're like, thanks for giving us money. We bought, we bought this. Mm -hmm. I think somebody bought like a solid gold vibrator or something. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's on the website. It just said... Well, that's, thanks for giving us your money. This is what we bought with it. I love it. See, and that's what's kind of cool about Cards Against Humanity is that, like, although the the brand is definitely like the black card, white card with the Helvetica, but those stunts and those gimmicks, you pull this, like, tongue-in-cheek, you know, kind of, those kind of things, that's what your brand is, mm -hmm. effectively. You know, that's how we see it anymore. We definitely recognize the cards, but, like, you guys are building something else beyond those cards, too, at the same time, which is cool. Yeah, and like I said, like the humor is the brand, and we push that to its limits. And sometimes I feel like we get to the brink of it not being funny, but it's still pretty funny. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous, the, um, if anything. So. The Picasso promotion we did. So every year we do a holiday promotion. Last year it was uh, the Eight Sensible Gifts for Hanukkah, which was really fun for us because a lot of us who work there are Jewish, and you know, eight nights of a Hanukkah, eight founders. So it worked out perfectly, and each night came with a letter from one of the founders' dads about a theme. Um, and they were all sensible and responsible. So one night was like financial responsibility. And for one, the letter was about appreciating the arts. And we used the money from that day to buy a um, Picasso lithograph of Tete de Fon. It is one in an edition of 75. Purchased it. And we had all of the participants in the holiday promotion. So only the 150,000 people who paid in. Uh, they've got to vote if we would donate it to the Art Institute of Chicago or laser cut it into 150,000 equal pieces and mail a piece to everybody. <laughs> oh, for the record, oh. Picasso would have really loved for us to laser cut it. It would have been totally up his alley, very performative, really great thought process behind what is art and performance art. Also, just because something's an original doesn't mean it's good. It's and, it's, and it's one of. It's, it's one it's of 75. Sure, yeah. exactly. it's, not, it's not Guernica. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, no one's heard of Tetefon. But uh, people got mad at us because, you know, really people who don't know art but think they know art only know Picasso. So <laughs> they think it's like the most precious resource so our country you... has is to protect a Picasso. People voted and we are donating it to the Art Institute of Chicago. Well, are you donating it in 150,000 pieces or are you donating <laughs> Did it you already one it? solid piece? Oh. <laughs> Um, and I think they might enjoy it more if you donated 150,000 pieces. Bring it in a wheelbarrow. Uh, but we're donating it and working out a deal, so um, it will go in their like, um, drawing library. So anytime anyone wants to go and look at it, they can uh, have an assistant pull it out and they can take a look. Cool. Because it's not a great Picasso, so it's not going up in their sure. walls anytime soon. It's going to sit in their beautiful they, they storage. Have some, they have Picassos. Yeah. They have good Picassos. Yeah, this is not a great Picasso. You know, they're not all winners. This is the Art Institute, right, you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll be back for one final segment with Amy Schwartz and Cody Fenske. What about like the portfolio stock mm -hmm. resumes? Yeah, so okay. so like if you're a student, like what is what what is what is in demand right now? Like what's like what am I looking for in sure. students? Sure. People would because like, we're going to review books later. Mm -hmm. Like after we, we're going to come back here today and you know 
do the usual crushing of souls or whatever it is. And I think you're, you're reviewing books too, right? I am. Like, so what are we looking for in that student book? Web design experience. Schools are not doing a great job teaching it still. Um, no. They weren't They're when, always behind school. They weren't when I was a student. When I started college, like the iPhone was announced during that time, and I knew that I would have to learn how to design for things like that. So I knew before you, but somehow I knew, I didn't know much, but I knew that the web was a thing, and so I self-taught, and then got a job immediately, like out of school, because yeah. of it. And so, and I somehow kept keep getting work, and most of it's always been web. Yeah, I had and to so, double major to get that experience in school, because like the design program just had no idea that like, there should be that middle ground yeah. in between. And like, you have to teach it yourself like you did, and that proved to be really successful for you. And I still don't think schools are really like catching up. Even places that are like reviewing their curriculum and adding in like web classes, they're adding in basic HTML. And that's yeah. fine, and I feel like that's a good skill to have, but then like I have students who like understand like what a body tag is, but then when I ask them to design something for the web, they make a 300 DPI, 6,000 pixel wide document with no grid and it's like no so we're not teaching the right parts about what it is to be a designer working on a web design team and we need to teach students how to design for the web and how to collaborate with the developer instead of teaching designers how to do like really shitty basic development and then forget because that does help you a little bit like that html css knowledge can help you absolutely but like if you're a designer first and foremost and you just know a little bit of html css it's not going to help you very much like when I was at UNO here in town, I was studying, you know, mostly print design, and then they had uh, CSS HTML courses called like Intro to Computer Programming or Coding or you know mm -hmm. Intro to CSS, and you knew very clearly what it was. And I went to another school where their title for their program was called Intro to Web Design. I was like, okay, perfect. I'll probably actually get them make like a website, go through like wireframing and like grid systems and everything like that. And I got there, and it was just HTML CSS all over again, just like basic how to start it page you know things like that and even at schools where I thought I was gonna learn it I didn't learn it you know yeah unless like you go deep into that stuff it's it's tough right now schools need to catch up on that and I just it blows my mind that we're teaching designers how to develop websites when they're not even thinking about like what the website is that they're designing <laughs> it would be like remember like darkroom photography yeah it was like one of the last classes in school to learn that but it's like we're teaching students how to like develop film when like they don't even know like what the parts of a camera are or what <laughs> film is and I think that there's a big opportunity to really revamp curriculum around the process of a web design project because mm -hmm. it is a big process and there is a lot of collaboration and there's a lot um, that could be taught related to user experience in graphic design yeah. programs that's right now being relegated to just boot camp programs or HCI master's courses, but it should really be part of graphic design sure. curriculum, I think. There are like some UI UX courses you can take in some of the universities around here. But they're not required, and they're not like encouraged that much either. I feel like they should be like, requirements. And you know, I've only been out of school for a year, but like, who knows? Like, maybe they change it around a little bit, but I, I kind of doubt it. No, they don't change. Academia does not move in year timeframes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably part of the issue is by the time they get a web thing in, they're already five years back, and five years back on the web can hurt you. Mm -hmm. Big time. And it's a hard problem to change. But, but I think the main thing is you got to convince students that they that they want to learn. Because once they do that, like like this stuff isn't crazy. Like if I if I convince somebody that you want to learn this, and if they actually want to, they can find how to do it. If you do design, you can figure out how to do the other stuff. Absolutely. And but they not. I think maybe that's the the key. That would be what I recommend is want to do it. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's like you know first taste is free. Once you feel that I like feeling of 
pushing something live and having it be out in the world, you kind of get hooked on that feeling. And when you're doing print design, there's such a big barrier, like to get something polished and great. It's expensive, you have to work with a printer, you need these physical supplies. It comes back, there's a typo, you're screwed. Exactly, like publishing something <laughs> online and being able to like see it is like a magical feeling. And it's really weird to like, I feel like I'm still not over that with Cards Against Humanity because it like happens at such a big scale. And with our Black Friday promotion where we sold nothing and then we split it up with everyone. I remember working with my team on like Thanksgiving night to like perfect this website and we were up until like wee hours designing and tweaking the code and we finally went to bed and like, you know, we launched it into the world and I wake up for that next morning and it I turned on the TV and it was on the news. And just that idea that like things can like move so quickly, mm. like you get hooked on that. Sure. Yeah, and that's a one-day promotion. They have, they got to get them on the news right away, too. Yeah. There's no messing around. So. Yeah. All right, well, Amy, we, we really appreciate your time. Thanks and, for having and, me. And we hope that you help us, you know, review these books later, all these students <laughs> and whatnot. We're, we're getting Cody signed up, too, to, to review. So. Yeah, Cody. Thank you. All right, Cody, thank you again. And we'll, we'll catch you guys all on the next show. Thanks for having me. Bye. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Beery is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dustlab. Find out more at myspace.com slash dustlab.